We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! And welcome in, Bears fans, another this edition of the, the Bear, Bear Report Podcast. Report Podcast, podcast with Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. I'm Zach Pearson. I'm joined by co-host Usaid Koshal and Andrew Freeman here as we're going to break down the schedule, um, point, pinpoint some games, some stats, some facts, and then kind of give our um, records at the end or record predictions at the end. Before we get into all that, though, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, I am doing well myself. Exciting to officially see the schedule release. I know you mentioned this before we started recording, Zach, but the schedule release video is not as bad this year compared to whatever the bears had the last couple of years. I know I think in 2020 it was lyrical lemonade one, which was absolutely atrocious last year. They had like the paint type thing or something with, um, I think it was Sharon Williams, but yeah, excited to break this thing down. Yeah, certainly a lot, a lot to talk about here. I think, um, some of the prime time matchups are going to be very interesting. Um, some more than others, but overall, um, yeah, just a lot to break down. I'm excited to talk about it. And looking at the schedule, I mean, like I said, it was leaked earlier. So if you're on Twitter and you're a Bears fan, you probably already know what the schedule was. Um, But yeah, I mean, nothing uh, too surprising right away when I looked at the schedule. We knew what the opponents were going to be, you know, months in advance. You you pretty much know next year's opponents, aside from the two or three um, divisional placements that they have to wait for. but yeah, it was just kind of the order and looking at it, you know, right off the bat, the thing that stands out is the Bears have three primetime games this year, not counting the Christmas Eve game against the Bills, but they have three primetime games and you guess it, they're in Green Bay on Sunday night football football for primetime. I believe it's 17 straight years now that the Bears and Packers will meet in primetime. I want to say it's like 12 out of 14 or something like that where it's been at Lambeau field and, you know, Packers fans love it because they just get to beat up on the bears on national television. Bears fans really don't like it because they get to get beat up Yeah, on national television. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, that's always one you could pencil in. I'll even say it before we do next year's schedule release show 2023, the bears are going to be playing at green Bay in prime time next year as well. So yeah, you look at that one and then you look week six, 
and the Bears have a Thursday night football game against the Washington Commanders. And we should note here, as you see on our screen, that is a prime game. So it is no longer Fox, um, NFL Network, any of that. It is now on Amazon Prime as the deal kicks in this year. And it's a 7-15 game. And, you know, typically, I mean, not to be too harsh, but the Thursday night games just kind of suck. I mean, like, it's just kind of teams that aren't very good all the time on a Thursday night. And then to kind of wrap it up um, – you have the Patriots, love Mac Jones, and hopefully, you know, if Justin both stay healthy, Justin Fields duking it out on, on Monday Night Football in Week 7. And before I get your thoughts here, I'm just going to kind of um, state something here that I thought was kind of interesting. If you look at these three primetime games right off the bat, and they're all within the first seven weeks, so the first half of the schedule is primetime games. That tells me the NFL does not believe the Chicago Bears are going to be very good to slot them into those, you know, uh, primetime games towards the end of the season where they want teams that are in the playoff hunt duking it out. Obviously, you know, you can switch. There is the flex scheduling for, um, I want to say it's like week 13 or, or 12 on. So there's a chance Bears could get one of those games flex if they're good. And, and you know, you'd look at probably Green Bay um, and Philadelphia as a two, unless the Vikings and the Bears are battling for a playoff spot because the Bills game is is not moving. That's in uh, Christmas Eve. But, Andrew, kind of what's your thoughts on on the primetime games? Were you shocked they got three? Uh, did you think more? Did you think less? Yeah, I was thinking a little bit more because uh, you look at some of the quarterbacks they're playing on their schedule this year. I mean, they're playing Zach Wilson against New York Jets, so you'd think that might be a primetime slot. you got two guys from that uh, 2021 class, you two young quarterbacks going up against each other. That could have been an opportunity. Um, and then, you know, maybe another Green Bay game, but they already have the Sunday night football, which is a, a yearly tradition at that point. Maybe a Vikings game because they've had some primetime games um, in, in the past couple of years, the past couple of years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at these here, obviously you have the Packers in week two. I'm already dreading that one. I think it's interesting that they do get one uh, primetime game against a 2021 draft class quarterback in Mac Jones on Monday night football against the Patriots on, in week seven. So, they get that one there. I think that's going to be a fun matchup to talk about. And, um, you know, we'll see how that one goes for sure, because I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons between the two quarterbacks. Um, I'll tell you one game. I, I'm sure like the rest of the country is probably already feeling this, but I'm not looking forward to this one is that week six Washington commanders Thursday night football uh, matchup. I mean, yuck. You, you got Thursday night football, which is already, you know, it's it's already bad in and of itself because usually the quality is just not as there um, as your normal primetime games. But, I mean, you have Carson Wentz throwing up whatever nonsense he's going to throw up against. You have, you know, Washington team that just – you talk about being in bad publicity the last couple of off seasons, really for the last, I don't know. Decade. <laughs> yeah, decade. <laughs> However long since Dan Snyder has purchased the team and owns the team, like it's <laughs> – rough and then you have this bears team who i I don't think is gonna be very good this year in that matchup like that's that's one where i'm not as psyched about but yeah i mean other than that i mean nothing too surprising there i mean let's face it they're you know they don't have the strongest schedule in terms of opponents you know they're going to be not the most exciting team they're probably not a playoff team this year so that's probably the it's probably the lower end of what i was expecting but it's about what you expect you said what are your thoughts here yeah, I mean, again, I said this on 
Well, I said this earlier in the week when I was kind of breaking the schedule down on another show that I would expect the Bears to get at least three primetime games. I think that Sunday night Green Bay game is just a complete given. And then you do have the two random games. I will say I'm a bit surprised that it is that Commanders and Patriots game on Thursday night and Monday night football, certainly because I think that for the Bears and as well as the rest of the league, I mean, you know, there's few teams that can move the national needle when it comes to these ratings and again I think the Bears are one of them but I'm surprised that that Cowboys game was not actually one of the Monday night games just because I know that traditionally when the Bears and Cowboys have played in Arlington it's always kind of been the Bears and Cowboys on Monday night football it's always been that primetime game and then you you look down later at the list too before I round this out here talking about that Packers game with an interesting nugget that I don't think anyone's talked about is just the fact that you know there is I think you know flexing starts I think weeks 11 or 12 something like that at least that's what it used to be with the 16 game season and so I could certainly see a scenario where the Bears and the NFL say okay cool you know we'll do Bears Packers week 13 on Sunday night football, or we will possibly even move that uh, Eagles game to a Sunday night football game too. You know, I think anything can happen, but one interesting thing when looking at the Packers Sunday night game in week two, the most interesting thing that sticks out is just the fact that if you look at the last couple times the Bears have hired head coaches, the NFL has always just made it a point of emphasis to send that first year head coach up to Green Bay pretty much at the very start of the season or basically play Green Bay at the very start of the season. I think I remember back in 04, Lovey Smith's first year, the Bears went to Green Bay. I think it was week two. And then obviously for Mark Trestman, you know, he did not see, he's the exception because the Trestman Bears didn't see Lambeau Field, I think until mid-November when it came to facing off against the Packers. And then what happens is John Fox, boom, 2015 comes around in week one. He's playing the Green Bay Packers at home. And then Matt Nagy, that 2018 home opener, that 2019 home opener too. And then obviously now here again in 2022 with Matt Eberflus, it's just right from the get-go. So I do think that that Packers game week two Sunday night, it's just going to be a really good test for this team. You look at some of the other primetime games, I mean, Washington, the Patriots, we're still going to kind of be in the early feels of getting an idea of what this team is really like. But that Packers game Sunday night, I mean, it's an annual tradition at this point. There's nothing we can do because you know it's coming. But then ultimately, more than anything, I think that it's just going to be a big test for Matt Eberflus and the Bears to really prove what they can do. And, you know, who knows? Maybe that's kind of the beginning of the passing of the torch in the NFC North. Because, again, I think that things are so uncertain going forward, even with Aaron Rodgers back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and you know, just kind of touch on your point, Andrew, of the Commanders game. Maybe we'll see Sam Howell. Maybe Carson Wentz will get hurt or something like that. Maybe it'll actually be like him or, or he'll dethrone Carson Wentz. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get that. I, I don't know, but yeah, so far that game does not look too promising, and it's kind of a shame because like I feel like the Bears have had some solid Thursday night games in the past. You know, they had Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, um, they had Dallas a, a couple of years ago as well as so in 2019. I can't remember did they have. A, I don't think they had a Thursday night game last year. I think they're one of the teams that did not. I, I'm. I don't oh, think they, they did. They're on Thanksgiving. They're with the Lions, oh. but it's not. It's not yeah. a Thursday night football game, so it's still Thursday, but. Yeah, it's, you know, Thursday night games are, eh, especially the short week. But going back to the top of the schedule, I mean, you look at the 49ers game, and it's a noon kickoff on Fox. The Bears are opening up at home against the 49ers, first time since 2003. And, you know, that was a game that didn't go very well for the Bears. They were over in San Francisco, Cordell Stewart against Jeff Garcia, and the 49ers just pretty much manhandled them that day. Um, It was 49-7 at the old Candlestick Park, and the Bears actually, you know, got their only touchdown to get the lead down to 10-7 to from Cordell Stewart to Desmond Clark, and the 49ers just, you know, went on a 39-0 run and, and pretty much ended the game there. But looking at it, you know, the Bears are going to open up as dogs in this game already. They're six-and-a-half-point dogs in the very, very early line. That's probably going to change a little bit, uh, maybe by a point or, or a half a point. Um if a big injury happens, maybe two points, but that tells me, you know, the home team usually gets three. So this is kind of an interesting spread and looking at it, um, our friend Bill Zimmerman of Sirius XM and, and does his own bears podcast tweeted out that the 49ers are now 10 and two in the last three seasons in road games have a kickoff time of 1 PM Eastern, which is noon Chicago time. And that also includes last year's game against the Bears um, at, you know, at Soldier Field. So the 49ers, you know, that, that narrative of, you know, coming from the West Coast, you know, over to the East Coast and Midwest kind of, you know, hurts teams like the Raiders, the Chargers, the Rams, the 49ers, Seahawks. But it looks like this 49ers, you know, can handle it pretty well. And they're going to be an interesting team because I think the big storyline going into this game is Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. Which one of them is going to start against the Bears? Yeah, I think the spread is almost contingent on who's the starter for the 49ers because I think if it goes with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's proven that he can come in and beat the Bears here at Soldier Field, like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you will about him. Whenever he's in the lineup, the 49ers seem to be a winning football team with him on the field. And when he's off the field for that, whether he's injured or someone else is starting, um, they don't have as much success. And, you know, I think a lot of that is just because of the way that he executes that system for Shanahan and his comfortability in that in that offense for them. But, I mean, you also look at it, they, when you have playmakers like Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and the way that Shanahan can scheme with the running game, I mean, that is – it's a matchup where it's going to be extremely tough, and I'm not sure the Bears, with their current roster construction, are in the best spot to, you know, kind of go up against that. Now, I think it would be very interesting to see the storylines if Trey Lance were – to somehow be the starter if we want, whether Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which he does have a tendency to do, or whether Trey Lance just beats him out in training camp for that starting job, which I don't really see happening. I, I think Shanahan wants to ride it out with Jimmy Garoppolo 
as long as he can at this point, or at least until they can make a trade. Um, but yeah, it would be super fun to see Justin Fields and Trey Lance go at it because I think those are two quarterbacks that I, I think were in the running to go. Obviously, Trey Lance was in the running since he went number three overall, but Justin Fields is right there, I think, right behind Trey Lance in that discussion to go number three overall to the 49ers. And you know, it, it would just be a fun debate to have, just kind of see these guys early in their football careers and see where they're at as as quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Looking at, you know, let's let's do this. Looking at like the first, you know, five games. Let's look at the first five weeks. And I want to get your thoughts on this. You said, I think there's some winnable games for the Bears. You know, week one, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I would still take the 49ers. Um, I mean, we saw a couple of years ago when, when the Falcons were coming off that Super Bowl appearance and the Bears probably should have won that game if Jordan Howard didn't drop that ball. Um, and then, you know, obviously Green Bay I'd probably is probably the toughest game of the first five or six. Well, we'll say six. Um, but we don't know what Minnesota is going to be. The Giants are kind of a team that I feel like is going to be better, but it's not like you could pencil in a loss. I think the only game you can really pencil in a for sure loss, um, in my eyes, you know, I hate to say it, but it's like Green Bay. I'd be shocked if they won that game. But other than that, I mean, I think they have five games, you know, maybe four if you went count the 49ers as winnable games, if they get off to a four and two start, I mean, that's not a bad start. At all. I'd say even three and three is a very solid start for this team for where they're at. Yeah. You know, I would say three and three through the first six games, even four and two is certainly reasonable. And the reason I say that is simply because when you just go down the list and you look at those first six games, I mean, let's just be honest about something, Zach, you're right. You don't know what the 49ers are going to look like. And I mean, look, I understand we're approaching the slower periods of the NFL offseason, but I also think that there's still some truth and warrant to those Jimmy Garoppolo rumors that I certainly would not be surprised to see him traded because let's be honest, every offseason there's a player that's in trade discussions and then that player doesn't get traded. And then you kind of go into May, June, July, not really expecting anything. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks before the season, there's a trade in place. I mean, it's entirely possible a quarterback gets hurt or something, and then all of a sudden the 49ers are indeed trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, you know, we've talked extensively about that Green Bay game. Texans, you know, their identity is ever-changing. I understand, you know, former Bears head coach Lovey Smith is there now, but again, they just have not added much this offseason to really warrant being a serious competitor at all. And then you look at the Giants and Vikings game. I mean, Look, the Giants and the Vikings games, right, and this is a great note to make here, is that the Bears do play three straight games, Texans, Giants, Vikings, where they are going to be going up against first-year head coaches with their respective franchises. And so when you look at the Giants and Vikings games, I mean, listen, I think the Giants' Achilles heel is still going to be Daniel Jones. I was of the opinion that they probably, when they hired Brian Dable, that it actually would have been smarter to have gone out and signed former Bears QB Mitch Trubisky simply because you just can't bank on Daniel Jones getting any worse than he actually is. And I think that Mitch still would have been an upgrade because Daniel Jones is a statue in the pocket. And you look at that Vikings game, you know, they reaffirmed their commitment to Kirk Cousins. And all of a sudden what happens is, you know, that right there, when you sign a QB to a one-year $35 million extension for the new GM, Kwesi Adolfi Mensa, and then the head coach, Kevin O'Connell, I think what you're signaling with that is that, okay, Kirk Cousins is our guy moving forward. Now you look at the Commanders game too. I mean, let's just say you don't know what Carson Wentz is going to look like. I know Frank Gregg came out and basically admitted, 
oh yeah, the Carson Wentz decision, we thought it was the right decision at the time. And when you say at the time, what happens is you're basically admitting, yeah, we know over the course of a couple weeks, over the long term that we totally messed up. But, you know, I think three and three is very favorable for Chicago, the first six games of the year, because I think that really this team's schedule gets tougher starting from, you know, week seven onwards. Yeah, I was going to say for those first six weeks, I think you have three. I wouldn't say locks because there's never a true lock in the NFL. I mean, anything can happen on week to week. Um, but I, I think three games I think you feel confident about in terms of how they're going to turn out is the 49ers game, the Packers game, and the Texans game, the first three weeks. Because um, I think 49ers and Packers, I think both those teams are better than the Bears right now, regardless of the quarterback situation for the 49ers. I just don't think the Bears are on that level. Um, assuming that Debo stays with the 49ers and that offense, they have too many weapons, their defense. I think they're a bad matchup for the bears because their defensive line is so good. Um, and the Packers, I mean, they've been the division champs the last three years for a reason. Like they're even with the loss of Devontae Adams, I still think they have more than enough. That defense is ferocious. It's Aaron Rodgers, They have LaFleur that, uh, as a play caller, um, they're going to be able to, make things tough for the Bears at Lambeau. Um, I do think the Texans are a good bet for the Bears to win, though. I, I think that's a match, uh, favorable matchup for them. They're at home. I don't. I, I like what the Texans have actually done this offseason when you look at their draft, for instance, but I, I still I still think that team is, like, years away from being anywhere near competitive at this point. They're still a team that's kind of in limbo right now until they can get – their quarterback situation figured out. And then you look at those next three games, the Giants, the Vikings, Commanders, I think those are all toss-ups. Now, you know, the Giants, I, I I think the Bears can win that game, you know, even though it is in New York. It's just a matter of, you know, how much of us, you know, how much of a stamp does Brian Dable put on his offense? They've upgraded that offensive line a little bit. Um, I think they'll certainly better be better than when they had Jason Garrett call the plays for them, that's for sure. But it comes down to Daniel Jones and how much belief you have in him as a quarterback. The Vikings, I mean, they're the Vikings are basically the same team they've been for like a decade now. Like they're gonna be in the playoff mix. They're kind of in that mediocre tier of, you know, things bounce right for them throughout the course of the season. They'll make the playoffs. They'll probably be, you know, a wild card team. Maybe they win a playoff game, but probably not. Um, but if not, they're probably going to be just outside looking in. And that, that's kind of where they've been this entire offseason. But still, I think they're still on paper a better team than the Bears right now. And this game is going to be in Minnesota, which is, of course, a very tough place to play. Um, and then we talked about this, that Washington game. I think that's really a toss-up of you just never know. you know, Because Carson Wentz, when he does get hot, he can be a very, very good impact quarterback you know, for the commanders here, if he, you know, has a hot streak throughout the course of that game, but he can also be a complete disaster. So it, you never really know what's going to happen with the Carson Wentz trend. So I, I think three and three is definitely feasible. Um, but I think that's going to be those three last three games right there after, I think they will start one and two. Um, that's going to determine the rest of the season, I think for them in terms of, you know, will they put themselves in a good spot early on in that first third of the schedule? Yeah, and that's going to be key. You have to get off to a good start. And I think, you know, three and three, in my eyes, is a good start um, in those first six games because you look after that, man, it gets pretty tough. Like, you have the Patriots, the Cowboys. Um, both of those teams were in the playoffs last year. The Dolphins, we don't know what we're going to get out of them. I mean, it's still going to be a tough game. 
Um, and then it kind of opens up a little bit more with the Lions and Falcons and Jets games. I think the Bears, you know, all they, they could win. But if you come out of there, let's say three and three, you lose to the Patriots and Cowboys, you're three and five. Um, and then let's say you beat the, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Jets, you know, six six and five, but then you have the Dolphins still um, before that, you know, you could be six and six coming out of those first 12 games and then going into Green Bay, or, or not going into Green Bay, but taking on Green Bay. Uh, it'll be kind of interesting. But something I want to note here, in, in looking at this in October, the Bears play five games in October. It's one of those rare times where it lines up where Sunday's very early um, in October and you can play the five weeks. And you look and they have the Giants on the road, they have the Vikings on the road, they have the Patriots on the road, and Cowboys on the road. The only home game in October is against Washington on Thursday night, and it's a short week. So they have four really tough road games in October, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like that is what's going to determine their season because if you can just split those two road games and survive, uh, or those four road games and survive, you'll be in solid shape. But, man, it's never easy going on the road um, in the NFL, and having to do it four times in October is pretty tough. The flip side of that is you look at the back end of the schedule, December and um, January, I believe December, you know, they have, I'm looking at my phone here, uh, Green Bay is a home game, Philadelphia is a home game, Buffalo is a home game. So you have three out of your, all three games actually in December are home games. So that kind of flips the script a little bit, but yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough October. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, that's four away games out of five. And then look at the end of the season, it's it's the exact opposite. It's four home games yeah. out of five yeah. when you look at those last few weeks. I mean... In terms of a scheduling aspect and travel aspect of things, that's their toughest part of the season. That like early to middle area from the Giants to the Cowboys, I'd say that is probably where get, things get the toughest for them because they're going to be traveling all over the place. Now, in terms of like the opponent and schedule lot wise um, for who they're playing, I think from week 13 on to week 18, that's probably the toughest stretch for them from a uh, opponent standpoint because I think the Packers, obviously we know what they've been um, but the Eagles, I think they are set up to have a really good team this year, even if you have some questions about Jalen Hurts and what he is as a quarterback, like the Bills, we know they loaded up. They're they're an elite team this year. Um, I think the Lions could be a team where they look better down the stretch because they're going to be getting, you know, James Williams back healthy, I think, by that point. Um, I think uh, Dan Campbell is establishing a culture there. I like what they've 
done in terms of the offseason, especially in the draft. And they're a young team. So young teams tend to, you know, get a little bit better as the, as the season goes on. And the Vikings, again, I think the Vikings are going to be a team that's going to be in the playoff mix. So they're going to have a lot of motivation then to get a win in week 18 if they're still in the mix there. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of looking at the middle portion of the season here and just, I think the travel in general, you know, if my geography is not wrong, I think the farthest the bears are going to travel this year is actually going to be Dallas. So, you know, the bears don't have a West coast game this year. They don't have that game. That's like randomly in Denver or the Southwest either. It's kind of just, you know, Dallas is the farthest, which I believe the bears are not even going to break the, uh, central time zone it's all going to be eastern as well as um central games which honestly bodes real well because remember last year like we're dealing with this team kind of traveling to los angeles to kick off the season and then just traveling all over the place the good news is that you know the bears division rivals the vikings as well as the packers i believe have two games in london this year one each so they don't have to travel across the pond and I know we've seen kind of what the Bears look like when they do travel across the pond to London. But, you know, getting back to the middle portion of the schedule here, like you look at Lions, Dolphins, Cowboys, um, Falcons, even Jets. I would say that that what the most intriguing part of the schedule for me this year is going to be week nine all the way up to week 13, kind of that five or six game stretch specifically, because I think, you know, the Dolphins and I noted this couple weeks ago too when just looking at some of the opponents is that the Dolphins are one of those teams where you don't really know what you're going to get out of Tua Tagovailoa and then what happens is Mike McDaniels the new head coach there they kind of went ahead and revamped their running back room to take on a run first approach but then adding Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill having them join forces together really makes for one of the best receiving duos in the NFL. I think that that Dolphins game is going to be a great test for this Bears secondary. I think it's actually going to be the best test throughout the entire season in terms of the Bears secondary that includes now Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker as well. You look at the Lions, the Falcons, the Jets. Okay, those are three teams right there that Again, I think the issue is that, you know, a lot of Bear fans like to really clown on the Lions. But ultimately, hey, let's be honest about something. I mean, the Bears didn't necessarily escape Detroit last year on Thanksgiving with a clear cut victory. Like the Bears really had to struggle, battle and claw and really play hard. And I think the Lions were actually leading at one point. So the Lions, you know, they yeah, you can clown on them. But hey, they've that entire locker room, I promise everyone right now is brought into what Dan Campbell message is as intense as Dan Campbell gets sometimes in those pressers and then what happens is you've got the Falcons and Jets you know those I think are you could pencil it in right now two of the most winnable games on the Bears roster again the Falcons you know it's gonna kind of be the Ryan Pace revenge game there's a couple former Bears there now too Jermaine Ifedi Elijah Wilkinson obviously but you know I think what the Falcons what is is this is that their QB situation so unclear I mean they're literally closing off one era they're only legitimate well, they have two legitimate receiving options in Kyle Pitts as well as Drake London. So going to be cool to see the Bears secondary go up against those guys. The Jets, you know, I think the Jets have given with all the first round picks that they've made over the last couple of years. You look at guys like Mekhi Becton, Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker. This year you have the three first round picks and Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, as well as um, Sauce Gardner. The Jets have basically given Zach Wilson all the tools to succeed and the pieces to the puzzle. But now it's just a matter of can Zach actually put it together. And then I think, you know, when you talk about after week 14, I mean, the, that's it. 
tough stretch right there between the Eagles and Bills, but then those Lions and Vikings games certainly winnable too. Sorry, my uh, mute button was was still on. Yeah, you know it's going to be interesting, and you know nothing I out here is I love these noon starts. Like these noon starts are just. They're incredible because you don't have to, you know, you do have the three primetime games, but, um, you know, you don't have to wait all day for the game and you don't have to stay up. And then for those that cover the team and write about the team, you know, it's tough in the primetime because it's just you're scrambling to get stuff done. But, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you look at them, 13 games listed as noon. Um, the Vikings went at the end of the year is probably going to be noon. So, yeah, 14 out of the 17 at noon, you can't beat that. But, yeah, the way the schedule sets up, I mean, it, it's easier definitely in the first half, I think. Um, the second half does have um, some very wonderful games. Look at the Falcons, like you mentioned. You say the Falcons and Jets are two that um, I can see the Bears winning. Um, who knows with the Eagles? Who knows what they're going to be um, at the end? The Bills game, though, it's, it's, it's probably shaping up to be a um, – a lot of coal in the stocking for Bears fans as a Christmas Eve treat. So I don't know. I I know um, a lot of people like to spend that holiday, um, you know, enjoying some adult beverages. So you might be enjoying a, a little, little, a uh, couple extra when Josh Allen and the Bills. I know for me, I'll be having a little bit too much probably that night. Yeah, and also you know what? It, it does, I can't complain because like, I do get to you know cover the team and go to the games, but like. Man, it sucks having to work on like Christmas Eve and Christmas. So yeah, I like to sit down and enjoy those games, but that one's gonna be a brutal one. Um, I guess you know we should probably get into our final thoughts and predictions. Before that, though, we should note the preseason schedule um, as well. And let me pull it up really quick so I, I make sure I have it um, correct. But the first game that stood out to me. Matt Nagy makes his return to Soldier Field. Week one of the preseason, a noon kickoff on August 13th. And it'll be his first time in Soldier Field since last season when he was, uh, you know, eventually fired from, from the Bears. So that'll be a little bit, let's see if that's a little bit of a revenge game as he's now the Kansas City quarterbacks coach. Then they go at Seattle on a short week, um, a Thursday night game. They go at Cleveland to wrap it out um, on August 27th. That's another night game. So, yeah, um, that's kind of the preseason schedule. But let's kind of get your final thoughts, guys, and then give me a record prediction as well. Yeah, I would say, you know, really intriguing preseason slate too. Totally forgot about Matt Nagy, so I don't even care about the Matt Nagy revenge game at this point. All I know is that he's probably going to get booed very heavily by um, fans just because he – deserves it i'm pretty sure there's i promise you guys right now there's gonna be people that are going to that game just to boom at Nagy. but you know ultimately i think you look at this team right now and we've got the preseason schedule up on screen too is just that i would say realistically you know eight or nine wins is what i have for the bears this year and i say eight to nine wins just because Again, it's a team that under Matt Eberflus, you hear the comments he's making. You hear the comments that the offensive staff is making. You know for a fact they're going to be tough and physical. You know for a fact they're going to be coached probably harder than we've ever seen before. You know, referencing Matt Eberflus here, who in his introductory press conference was like, get your track shoes on because we're going to go ahead and run. And so I think the Bears are going to be in a lot of these games. I don't necessarily think that there's going to be any true blowouts. And then, you know, one specific note I want to make here, I think that that Green Bay game in week two, as well as the Green Bay game, and I believe week 13, I mean, you know, I think that 
the Bears are going to play hard in those games. And the Bears are going to play hard just because I think that one thing to understand about this coaching staff is that they're very clear cut. And just to the point in terms of laying down expectations, it's not like what we saw with the John Fox era and the Matt Nagy era and the Mark Trestman era. It was kind of just, oh, yeah, let's just bounce around, you know, expectations, all that kind of good stuff. So I would say the Bears are going to win eight games this year. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm going uh, six and 11 is my first prediction or my more official prediction right now. I mean, we'll see what happens in training camp, if anything uh, changes that for me, but I think six eleven is pretty safe uh, for the time being. You know, you look at this Bears team. Um, you know, talk about hopefully the coaching staff does a much better job of getting these guys ready to play at a consistent basis. You know, hopefully some better pl- uh, game planning, especially on offense, would go a long way. But at the end of the day, I think the Bears. It, I think the season is going to remind us a lot of that first year under John Fox in 2015. If you remember that year. Um, you know, the Bears, no one expected them to do – a lot of people expected them to be one of the worst teams in the league, if not like the worst team in the league. And they were a team that it seemed like they were playing above their weight in every single – you know, on a week-to-week basis. It seemed like they were in every single game. They were playing hard. They were – you know, they were in it for the most part. But you could just tell that they did not have the talent, requisite talent on the field to be able to compete um, and win and pull off some of these games. And I think we're going to see a similar thing here. You know, their defense – I think they got a little bit weaker on the defensive front. Their secondary is certainly better. And with Eberflus, you know, I like what Sean decided last year. So I think, you know, Eberflus, while he's a very good defensive mind, a very good defensive coach, um, you know, they'll probably be a little bit better on that side of the ball, but I don't think it's going to be um, as much of a difference um, to really, you know, make a, a huge difference in their win total there. Offense, I think, is going to be where their season gets determined because if their offense takes a step forward and we see Justin Fields – really coming to his into his own as a passer despite the lack of talent around him I, I think they could pull off an extra game or two that um I, I don't currently have them winning like for me I think six and eleven is probably a realistic outcome for them right now I could see them maybe if Justin Fields does take that next step getting the seven or eight wins um but I think a lot would have to go right for that to happen but also you know, I look at this offensive roster right now and it is it is just bad. <laughs> you know the wide receiver room outside of Darnell Mooney isn't very good at all. Uh, I think the offensive line got worse this offseason. You know, if, if Seven Jenkins were to come in and be a stud for them at right tackle, I think that'd go a long way. But they got worse at left tackle with, you know, Larry Borm or Braxton Jones or uh, whoever they, they're going to put out there at left tackle. They have a hole at right guard right now. Uh, I think Luke, Lucas Patrick ups, upgrades them at center over Sam Mustafer, but, you know, I, I'm not sure that's going to be like this transformational signing, if you know what I mean. I think he's a guy that kind of is just a – a stopgap for the timing. And then Cody is what he is at left guard. So ultimately this offense, they're, they're not looking like they're in good shape right now. I think a lot of it is going to be on Luke Getzey, what he brings to the table as well as Justin Fields development. So if that doesn't come to fruition, this offense is once again, a bottom three unit. I think this team could be as bad as three wins this year. And I don't say that lightly. Like I think they're in, you know, a lot of these teams we look at like Atlanta, Detroit, um, you know, even like uh, Washington Commanders, the New York Jets, the Dolphins. Like, I'm not even sure if – I think they're better than the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm not even sure they're on the level of the Jets or the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions have a better roster outside of quarterback right now because um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big Jared Goff guy. I don't think, I don't think many people are. Um, but it, it's hard to make an argument that they're better than teams like the Dolphins, the Jets, uh, 
the Patriots, who those teams actually did invest in getting playmakers this offseason, the Bears didn't. And I think it's going to be a huge reason why the Bears lose some games this offseason because they need playmakers in here to kind of flip these games that they're going to be close in. And I think that's going to be a big determining factor in their season. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, I think 6-11 and 11 is realistic. I think ceiling, you know, maybe you go 8-9, 9-8 and nine, nine and 8-8. Everything goes well. Justin Fields takes that next step. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, 6 11, 5 and 12 is the area that I have them in. Ideally, I think they're going to be better based on in coaching because I think it's it's not that hard to be better than what the coaching staff was last year because it was so bad. The scheme was really bad. The execution was bad. You know, how many times did we see them get all the way down in the red zone? You'd see, you know, a nice play here and there. You'd see Montgomery roll off a run and then. Matt Nagy would throw it four straight times or, or do like a tight end jet sweep, you know, stuff like that. So I think the coaching will be better. I agree, though, Andrew. I think, you know, the offensive line, the wide receivers have to improve. I don't know where it's going to improve at. I think those are the two weakest units right now. So, you know, my record, I'd say it's like 6-11. and 11. Sorry, and I don't mean to copy you, but I, I think that's where I'd have them at. Um, you know, I think ideally the, the, the best scenario for the Bears – and I hate like saying I want them to lose games or anything like that because, um, you know, fans go to the games and pay the money and it sucks to watch them lose. It sucks a cover team that loses. Justin Fields takes that next step. He's really good. And somehow they find themselves with like a top seven to eight pick in the draft because then you're, you're, you're going to have a shot at, at someone that can make an impact right away, a wide receiver, um, an offensive lineman, maybe someone on the defensive front, uh, the front seven there. You have a shot at that. And then Justin Fields also takes that next step. And I've talked to people about this. I think that's very realistic. I think Justin Fields can take the next step. The offense can average a few more points than they have been, but the defense gives up, you know, more points. I I think you can have Justin Fields play really well and the team still go five and 12, six and 11. My only thing is, is this schedule, you know, the opponents, there's a couple of them that I think the bears are are better, better than and should win. And I think they're going to be, I don't, you know, I think they're going to be good enough in a way where they can kind of steal one or two games. So I'll go six and 11, but it wouldn't shock me to see them, you know, at, at like a at eight and nine. Yeah. And I'd like to add to that point you just made. Like, I think ideally that would be the ideal scenario where Justin Fields does take that next step, but this team around him is so bad that they just keep on losing. I, I think I wouldn't be mad with that scenario whatsoever because the, at the end of the day, the only important thing right now is whether Justin Fields becomes that dude at quarterback. And if the rest of the team sucks around him, so be it. You get you get a high draft pick to maybe get an impact player. Like, do you want to be in the Will Anderson, the Jalen Carter sweepstakes? Or if teams like – if they're in a position where a Bryce Young falls to them or one of these quarterbacks, you know, Stroud falls to them, they can even trade back yep. and get a, a hull because, I mean, we saw how that played out did not play out this last year with no one of those quarterbacks. Teams want these quarterbacks. Teams are deliberately getting draft picks in this upcoming draft so that they have the ammo to trade up to get these guys this upcoming year. 
So if yeah. you're the Bears and you're in that situation where these guys fall to you, you should be on the phone. I, I'm getting way ahead of myself here because we're already, already talking about next year's draft. Uh, that's that's how my mind is wired here, Zach. It's always yeah, about the hey. draft all the time. But, yeah, I, I think if you're in that scenario, I, I think that would be an ideal outcome. At the end of the day, the most thing I'm most excited about is Justin Fields and seeing whether – seeing his development, whether he takes that big step forward. On the list of things that matter, Justin Fields' development is one, two, three, four, and five. I mean, it's not the, it's not everything. It's not the only thing, but it's, it's, it's the most important thing. It's one, two, three, four, five. And you're right, man. Like we could see a scenario where a team calls the Bears. The Bears are sitting there like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 even. And what happened with Justin Fields? You know, a team calls him and say, Hey, we'll give you this year's first rounder. You know, maybe it's, you know, uh, um, somewhere around number like, you know, 20 or something. And then we'll give you next year's first rounder as well. That's something you're probably going to do. So, yeah, I think ideally that's a, that's a scenario you want to see. It sucks. You don't want to see your team lose or anything like that. Um, I just don't want them to get in a spot where they're coming down the stretch run and, you know, they, they're they in the, the spot of like, um, you know, hanging just outside the top 10. And let's say, you know, they come in, they beat Philadelphia, they beat, Detroit, you know, Minnesota, let's say they're in the playoffs and they're, you know, and they don't really have much to play for or something like that. And they beat them. They win like three out of their last four. And now they find themselves picking at like 15, 16. And that, that, that'd be like the worst case scenario for me. Yeah. I think, you know, just to kind of wrap this whole thing up here, when we do look ahead to draft positioning too, and I've already got, you know, the 2023 opponents on my mind too, because I believe it's going to be the AFC West, which is going to create for a lot of intriguing Bears matchups going into 2023. But I, I think ultimately, you know, the big thing this year is just, and you guys kind of hit on this, is that, look, winning games is great because winning games is how you're judged in the NFL. But I also think that if you're Bears ownership, and so if you're George McCaskey, you're Ted Phillips, and you're Ryan Poles, you know, you're looking at this and saying, winning games is obviously the ideal scenario, but that shouldn't matter this year. What should matter more than anything is the development of Justin Fields and kind of what Luke Getzey and Matty Berflus go ahead and do. Because, you know, I've said this and Andrew's going to nod his head when I say this, but I've constantly said that when you draft a franchise quarterback, it's not a three, four, five year investment. You know, you're trying to make that 15, 20 year investment. And I think that for the Bears, like, look, they have to understand that they're in this for the long haul. You know, when they traded as much as they did, they kind of committed to in the draft trading down as much as they did, you know, Ryan Poles kind of trading away Khalil Mack as his first major move on March 16th. It was kind of just, Hey, we're in this for the long haul with Justin. But I think that more than anything, you know, 2022, it's like people say, well, it doesn't really matter for the bears. And it's just like, well, what context are you looking at? Cause I understand that, draft pick next year the high draft pick hopefully i understand you know the hundred something million in cap space which again is only there because the bears only have so many players under contract and some of these bigger contracts i think like an eddie jackson cody white here robert quinn are going to come off the books next offseason but the point i'm making more so is that this season still matters because it's all about the evaluation of that young talent i think the draft really enforced that because we could be possibly talking about 
Braxton Jones being a starter at left tackle, not in 2022, but also in the future. You know, you look at some of these names the Bears have added, like a Tristan Ebner. Hey, there's a legit possibility that we're opening up the 2023 season with Ebner and Herbert as the Bears running back duo because David Montgomery is going into the final year of his deal. So, you know, to wrap up here, I mean, look, people talk about how 2022 doesn't matter. It's a total wash. Just focus on 2023. And I think 2022 matters more than a lot of people think. And that's just because it's Justin Fields' true developmental year because last year I think was a major wash for him. Yeah, sorry, my mute button keeps getting stuck. Yeah, I mean that 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 that's a good point there, and we'll have to see how the Bears build this, how Ryan Poles builds this um, moving forward, because next offseason will be one where he'll have all of his draft picks, besides one pick, and then he'll have a lot of money to spend. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do this year, and it could just set the table for the future of this franchise. Uh, guys, that'll wrap things up. Um, why don't you guys give your Twitter handle out and where everyone can follow you, and um, we'll, we'll go with you first, Andrew. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Freeman 25. You can find my work at the Bear Report. Um, and then, you know, just make sure to check out our work at Picks for Polls, where we're still in recap mode for this 2022 NFL draft. We just dropped our latest episode kind of going over the major storylines. We have our Bears grades for their draft, and we kind of went over every single pick that's out there as well. So if you want to check those out, definitely do that uh, on the Bear Report podcast channel. Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter. Check out my work on the Bay Report as well. Twitter's at Usaid Kosho. Like Andrew said, check out the Picks for Polls podcast. We're going to be recapping some of the NFC North drafts coming up here in a couple weeks. Hopefully have some guests on too to just break down the draft in general. And, you know, keep it locked in, guys, to everything going on at the Bay Report. I know we have uh, OTA starting up here in a couple days, so we'll be busy covering that too.